डियर लिस्नर्स साई राम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफनून सत्संग दिस इज ए डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साइज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम यू कैन एंजॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम टूडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ थर्सडे लाइव ऑन फेब्रुवरी फोर्टींथ This is Radio Sai Global Harmony. My brother Arvind and me Prem from Team Radio Sai are here to present you the afternoon satsang. Sairam Arvind and a warm sairam to all our listeners. Sairam Prem offering our humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet. As I was just walking into the studio's Prem, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice the wonderful two trees that are just adjoining our studios. They have blossomed and the purple flowers have filled the skies so to say okay and not only have they filled the skies the flowers are dropping and so the whole ground seems strewn with flowers it's such a beautiful sight i was just thinking that february is one of the best times to be in prashantinilayam mm-hmm. you know how summers are in puttaparthi in the months of may june or even earlier say april it gets very hot it's sweltering temperatures rise to almost 37 38 degrees even touch 40 degrees at times right at the same time during the months of november december it's very cold it's chill but this february it's a beautiful mean it is just when the winter is ending and the summer is setting in and there is so much of beauty flowers have blossomed as just now you know i described about this it almost feels that there's so much of divinity and love and even romance in the air mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's what i felt and you know worldwide this is uh, even as we put on our internet today you go the google doodle says it all today is being celebrated as the valentines day right and for us being in swami's fold this i feel should arouse many thoughts many feelings because according to me i feel you know love is one of the most sought after yet most misunderstood thing in the universe right definitely because you know many times when you sit back and think what really love is i think there's nothing concrete we can uh, lay our hands upon there's nothing we can say that yes this is it most other emotions we can maybe give a tangible uh, description or a definition but love is always uh, so obscure you know <laughs> correct and you know swami if we hear his discourses so many discourses he always stresses on love 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 he has sung the famous song which says love is my form truth is my breath love is his form and i mean if you ask anybody what swami stood for anybody would say love is what swami stands for right really in fact you know i was uh, talking to one of our colleagues arvin said the other day mm-hmm. the other arvin then read you say <laughs> you know mm-hmm. he has this very enviable task of uh, categorizing swami's discourses he's in the task of coordinating the effort of getting some of these describes which have never been aired on radio uh, transcribed translated mm-hmm. and uh, looking at 
a kind of a practical time frame where we can share this with all our listeners so he is in that job of coordinating Correct. this whole effort so mm. he has heard a number of discourses over the years you know when you do it as a job as a professional job you tend to <laughs> listen more keenly you tend to listen to a lot of discourses in a i would say in a little dispassionate manner you know without getting emotionally involved with the thing because you are supposed to check it for its technicalities right mm. so you know if you or i listen to a discourse what would appeal to us in that discourse is what is predominant in our mind you know if there's a question ringing in our minds that would be answered and that would be the most important message in that discourse correct and that's why after any discourse you ask anybody each person says swami said this swami said right. this swami said this that's because each person takes according to a reflection of what he or she is undergoing right so i asked you know arvind said that according to you what is the most recurrent message in swami's discourses mm-hmm. you know is it seva or is it uh, devotion what is it what is one message if i ask you which is the most predominantly occurring message in all swami's discourses you've heard so far mm. so he just paused for a moment he thought and he said i think it should hands down love will be the winner swami mm. always speaks of love so exactly prem swami always speaks of love and swami has said that love is the panacea for all the problems right. he he gives so many examples and he he states it forthright that love is a panacea for all problems and yet you know if we see the world today if we think of the anything the books the stories that are being written the movies that are being made the dramas that are being portrayed and the things that are happening on a day to day basis in our society love seems to be a cause for many problems cause for a lot of frustration cause for many irritations how many times have we heard of this concept of unrequited love Mm-hmm. of a love story that is being incomplete because one does not respond and misunderstandings in the name of love correct so see now there are two things either love is not the solution for all the problems or the way that we in the world understand love is wrong now since swami has said that love is a panacea for all problems so there is no debating on that love is the panacea for all yeah, problems if we consider swami as the one who has come to solve all problems as avatar is supposed to do as our lord and if his predominant message is love then definitely love is supposed to be the solution it cannot be the cause of all the problem and therefore if there are problems being caused in the name of love in the name of love it must be there's something faulty in our understanding right if you listen to swami's discourses one thing which comes to you is swami says love is divine you know, mm. love is god prem ishwar hai ishwar prem hai god is love and in fact most people who don't uh, subscribe to the thought of a god almighty also believe that if there is something which is divine. above everything anything which is divine that is love correct okay but if you look at the you know i was just going through the dictionary definition of love hmm it actually puts it down it doesn't give any of these divine status it says love is attachment hmm and love is attraction and love is affection uh-huh you know prem this problem about love it is so predominant i am saying this not only because of exposure but also because of experience mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, there is this thing called unrequited love which has often been defined as love that is not understood or reciprocated by the object of one's love okay you know this one sided love and every time you know when we get to know the story we get to know the story of the person who loves an object or a person or something with all his or her heart 
and the object or the other person does not reciprocate or respond and all our portrayals have been of the sorrow that this person undergoes i have also seen personally in my life people on the other end who receive so much of love which they don't want actually you know <laughs> okay <laughs> the other end of the unrequited love so you know the admired feels why is this admirer stalking me why is he or she harassing me why can't he or she just let go of me and the admired feels that his or her life is so miserable because of the admirer and the admirer feels that his or her life is so miserable because of the admired so it's, it's a, like the suffocating grip of love <laughs> yeah it's it's the binding force of love if you can say so and it's like the grass being greener on the other side the one who is admired feels that his or her life is so choked and suffocating and the one who is admiring feels that his life is meaningless and so empty and he is giving himself or herself completely and the other side is not reciprocating <laughs> and so you see broken hearts and these pieces of these heart seem to lie scattered along the life highways <laughs> and this kind you know uh, though when we speak it looks like it's always in the case of romantic relationships but it is not as if this unrequited love happens only in such romantic relationships even if you take platonic love which is friendships mm-hmm. normal friendships a friend or an acquaintance or a colleague has become on many occasion an object of unrequited love you know you right. feel that your friend is not yes, as good as a friend to you as you are to him or her and i've been quite often right <laughs> correct and this one way love becomes a problem and you know there are Uh, poems there are songs which you know glorify this telling that one way love is better than not having known love at all <laughs> but the person who is stuck in this one way love feels that it would have been better had this not been at all if right. i could have been as independent or aloof as like the other person the object of my unrequited love i'm speaking of this with so much of gusto because i have had this being on both ends of the spectrum many times in life okay which made me wonder what is this true love all about mm-hmm. is it a myth they say you know love elicits love right then why is it not doing so because these are cases where love apparently is not returned and all these while the person that is admiring feels why is love not being returned mm-hmm. the f- person who is object of the admiration feels that when i am not reciprocating why is the other person not just leaving me alone and getting away okay it's apparently like a lose lose situation okay and these questions they arise like a gusto and they tear apart your heart mm-hmm. you know that is why i was saying that there is something wrong in our understanding of love because when the scriptures when god when all the great people when everyone says that love is a solution how can love cause such tumult such fury and such pain and such depression in the heart so there must be something wrong in our understanding of love and it will do good if we try to understand something about love indeed arvind you know if you just uh, look at the english word love you know as i said how it is maybe misinterpreted even in our dictionaries hmm if you look at the indian languages Mm. and if you look at our south indian languages kannada tamil or telugu or all these in all these there are two words 
you know used to describe different types of love hmm one love which you can call you know uh, interpersonal love like as you said platonic love or you know romantic, uh, romantic love. love there's a different word for that and love what swami refers to has a different word yeah now that you say so prem uh, for example in kannada the kind of romantic love and all this uh, friendship love all this is called as preeti while the love towards the divine the higher kind of love is called prema right i think that's what happens in, even in telugu swami mm. always says prema swarupulara and i think the same thing the word for interpersonal love is preeti in so there is a clear you know demarcation between universal or divine love and affection hmm. or attachment so i think you know all the while we are getting confused between these two you know the ah, but in english have, it is used interchangeably right so i think uh, the love which swami is referring to is is that universal love that prema where swami is going on saying that we are all embodiments of that love i think our endeavor should be to understand that love and i think somewhere you know that love is there even in this preeti that prema is there even in this so called attachment i think that pure love is there but i think our focus is more on the attachment aspect rather than on the universal aspect that must be the case prem because swami glorifies love in fact he says love through thought is shanti love through words is satya and love through action is dharma out of satya dharma shanti prema swami says if you have prema satya dharma and shanti automatically arise exactly. so that is the power of prema then how can love be the cause for ashanti asatya and adharma exactly in fact the other uh, beautiful explanation i heard was you know there are only two emotions in human relationships hmm. there are only two predominant emotions a human feels and all other emotions and all other thoughts and are all you know uh, combinations of these two and you said one is love and the other is fear aha uh-huh. okay and if you actually look at it attachment and the pain which comes of whatever you spoke of i think it's it's when that fear comes in in that love factor when you love somebody mm. when you have the fear of losing and the, uh, the fear of not getting what you want the love not being reciprocated i think all that causes the confusion yeah that causes attachment that causes jealousy that causes everything but that love which is you know beyond the grip of fear might be that pure love and i think that's why when swami makes a beautiful statement which kind of uses these two emotions how mm. using these two emotions how to attain your goal swami mm. says love for god and fear of sin daiva preeti papa bhiti papa bhiti and again swami goes on to say what is fear of sin hmm. you know fear of losing god's love and almost like swami is saying the most important thing is you love god and you have the fear of losing god's love so both is you know that love which is turned towards god uh, i think is our easiest way to reach that understanding of pure love but i think that we'll come back to later god's love you said that uh, god's love is the solution for everything and that's why swami says that you should have daiva preeti that is love god and fear of losing god's love you know this triggered in me one episode that happened during my undergraduate days okay as i said personally i have been a person i have been it's in the past <laughs> it is solved thanks to lord's love and mercy but getting you know attached in friendships what do i mean by getting attached you know it is something like when a friend of mine is sick i go tend to him i help him in the hostel 
I do everything. I serve him more than what he would have expected. You know, it's almost delight for him. But then what happens is when I fall sick, I expect the same to be done to me by him. And when that doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. Right. I'm so sad. And you know, Prem, that sadness and disappointment in those times used to be so, so much or so intense that there is somebody else who is coming and getting me my food and helping me when I am sick. And I am blind to all that. All the while my thoughts are dwelling on that one person who did not come when I needed him. You know, that is a kind of blindness that comes when you get attached. But that is what I used to suffer from. And at that time I was studying in the Brindavan hostel mm-hmm. in Bangalore. And I began to pray to Swami. I was saying, Swami, what is this? Why, why do not people reciprocate love? You have said love is the greatest force. What is happening? Is love failing? You know, this attachment blinds you and it makes you in such a way that you wrongly think of yourself as being very noble. You misunderstand attachment as great love. And this happened and I used to pray to Swami. So much so that I began to, you know, analyze the whole day. Mm-hmm. I saw that the time between 9.30 at night to 10 o'clock okay. was the worst period for me. <laughs> Why? Because Swami in his divine intelligence has planned the hostel schedule in such a perfect manner that from morning till evening you are occupied with something or the other. Right. Physically, mentally, spiritually, in games, in sports, cultural activities. That's why one Swami had said that all that a student needs for redemption is to just follow the hostel schedule. Right. But 9.30 when the study hours used to end at night and 10 o'clock would be the good night time that is when lights are put off. This 9.30 to 10 was a free half an hour. And that used to be the time when I used to go, you know, meet up with friends, chat with them, talk to them and foster this attachment that was, you know, growing. Many times I began to dread this half an hour because it had become an addiction. The minute study hours is over, I want to go out and talk to my friends and hang out with them in half an hour. And in that half an hour, I would get so attached to so many. Mm -hmm. It was not that it was one or two, it was about seven, eight people whom I was attached to and uh, it looked as if they are all taking turns to give me kicks one by one, you know, by letting me down. So this was my condition and a person who has not gone through this will feel that I am a fool. But a person who has gone through this will completely empathize with me and tell, yes, yes, that is what. <laughs> so it's about going through that. We had to come to Prashantanilyam for the sports meet. We were here and the sports meet went on very well and January 14th, as always, the day of Shankaranti is the day of prize distribution. Everybody in my class considered me as specially blessed because usually all the prizes would be received by the captains for the different events. Right. And all the captains would be, as you know, from the senior most classes. Right. Because at their final year, they get the chance. But though I was not in the senior most class, they had given me a chance to be the vice captain of the debate team and we had won the debate. Mm-hmm. And I was selected to go and pick the winner's shield from Swami's divine hands mm-hmm. along with the captain. Okay. And this was a privilege, this was a great chance that a second year undergraduate student was getting. But I was not happy with that. In my mind, I was praying, Swami, what I want is not that shield. I want a shield that will protect me from these hurts. My heart is being ripped apart, Swami. And, and you know, in that kind of pain, you become very <laughs> self Sympathetic. <laughs> you start glorifying the pain that you are going through and you make yourself a martyr. 
while it's nothing but a simple case of deep attachment <laughs> stupid attachment hopeless attachment so i was going on this way praying and i even wrote down a letter telling swami i even wrote down the same thing that i said here that swami 9:30 to 10 in the night you have not put anything in the schedule and that is the time when i get attached please help me and my prayer was swami when you give that shield i will give you this letter you accept this letter okay that is your way of telling me that i will give you the shield that you are asking mm-hmm. that was my prayer and i went up to swami and that day swami didn't even look at me he gave the shield to the captain Mm-hmm. and i had to stretch out my hand to just touch the shield so that it feels that i am also receiving it from swami okay and then swami immediately turned to the photographer and posed so that we have a picture i also posed but all all the time in my mind it was going on that i have to give this letter to swami i have to give this letter to swami i offered the letter to swami and he refused it and i returned back to my place i was sad i was disappointed i was dejected and everyone around me thought i was crazy Here's a guy who has just walked up and received a shield from Swami and he's sad. Why is he sad? I mean nobody could understand it and I didn't try to explain it also. The next day we all left back for Brindavan. We reached the hostel and I was just telling Swami, now I have to wait till Shivaratri to get my problem solved. <laughs> you know because the next time we will be visiting Parthi would be during Shivaratri. I was just wondering Swami how will I pass this for next one month? somehow it will i know what will happen the study hours will get over the night bell will ring and i will go and start talking to my friends again it's the same pit that i'll fall into again and again that night the bell rang at 9:30 and somebody came to my room and said that the warden has called for me so i went to the warden's office and prem what he told me just just swept me off my feet he said this time in prashantinilayam when we went apparently swami had asked for some boys to do security duty at his residence in trai brindavan okay. you know trai brindavan there are guards taking care of it Seva and he sevadal volunteers are there and there is also a dog that used to be let loose in the grounds yeah very famous one <laughs> <laughs> name was raja and you know we used to dread the dog very ferocious doberman dog but apparently swami had said that there should be some students who will sleep inside trai brindavan mm-hmm. okay and do security and the warden told me that you are one of those boys whom swami has selected are you ready to sleep in trai brindavan i mean that was a rhetorical question who will say no i said yes sir he said then from tomorrow onwards every night by 8 o'clock you should be inside and he said this is a sacred duty that swami has given you and this duty continues not only when swami is physically not here even when swami is staying in brindavan you know swami's room was on the first floor and the ground floor is the trai brindavan hall and jhula room where swami used to give the trai sessions so all of you boys will be sleeping in the hall and the jhula room when swami is sleeping above and that time prem i suddenly realized that in one stroke swami had solved all my problems you know that first night if i can call it so when i was lying in trai brindavan i was sleeping on my bed swami was not there of course physically mm-hmm. but i was just looking up and thinking you know just above this roof here is the room where swami sleeps and i could not sleep the first night i could not sleep there at all i was just thinking that i was seeking swami and i felt that swami did not respond but he has done something far beyond my imagination and every night at 9:30 to 10 i said was the most bothersome 
from that day onwards every day from 9:30 to 10 i was just lost in swami because i am sleeping just few feet away from his bed <laughs> and that feeling got heightened when swami was actually in trai brindavan right i am seeing up at the roof and thinking you know just above here is swami it's swami it's swami and i saw that all my attachment to my friends simply dropped away and it was not because i inculcated detachment it was because all my thoughts my feelings now got directed towards swami and i felt what a magic swami does <laughs> detachment is such a tough thing great yogis do penance for that but swami gets you out of attachment by simply getting you attached to the purest form of love which is god's love get attached to god and you automatically get detached from the world and i felt such gratitude in my heart and it's almost like you know, even as you narrate it what comes to my mind is that analogy which swami gives of putting a fence around a sapling hmm right you know actually what you had to do was give up that attachment which was coming through your friendship hmm but swami removed you from that situation almost put a fence around you you know till a point where you could actually reach a state where you could get into relationship without getting attached exactly prem and it was during those times when i used to sleep there in trai brindavan that many insights came right one of them was i can say that maybe i got the solution for this unrequited love when you are thirsty what do you want water yeah you want to drink water right so whether the water comes in a cup in a porcelain cup or in a bottle that you open and empty it or you know in some airports we have these taps from the tap it comes out for you it doesn't matter right you just are thirsty and you want water and you drink it wherever it comes from i felt that we are all thirsty for love we are thirsting for love but the difference is instead of seeking love we seek the instrument through which we get the love you know it's like i'm getting water from this tap tomorrow if there's no water in the tap and there's water in a bottle if i'm thirsty i will straight go to the bottle and drink from the bottle right but when it comes to love today i'm receiving love from this person say tomorrow if i stop receiving that i do not give up that person <laughs> i still hanker it is like going and sucking at a dry tap i feel that when we start loving the tap more than the water that is when love becomes attachment because love is always for the water we have to seek love and not the object of love many times we miss water that is kept cool refreshing water in the bottle because we are sucking at a dry tap and when i looked back at the days when i used to be sick i felt that that was what was happening i am so much looking forward to water from the dry tap <laughs> that i'm missing all my friends who are by my side trying to encourage trying to get me my food trying to help me why because i'm looking for love only, only from that from person that <laughs> and i feel that is an important lesson for us when it comes to love that we should not get confused we should not confuse love with the object of love that object has received the chance to be an instrument of god's love for a certain time after that god may choose to shower his love on us through some other instrument we should be ready to receive the love and not get attached to the object of that love very true and arun even as you were saying this a question arose in my mind and i did get an answer myself but i don't know how convincing it would be you know even as you were saying this isn't swami also an object through which swami's love is coming 
you know that was a question which rose in my mind and is it like just as you turn away from a dry tap and look for another tap which would be a source of water is that how we have to turn away from swami too when that love is not apparently coming forth you know that was a question mm. which came to my mind and i felt that is why swami says love is my form mm. that form which we turn to it is not a form through which love comes that form itself is love that is why swami says love is my form this is not like the other forms which you see through which love comes correct this is not a vessel which carries love this vessel itself is love and that is why you know at any point we don't need to turn away from swami just like how we turn away from the others who are source of that love uh, there are so many more thoughts regarding this point that you have raised prem but i feel i'll reserve the thoughts we'll take a short break now it has been an intense session in every way at least it has been for me so maybe we'll take a break and then we can discuss further on this point most definitely we'll play a nice short song here and we'll come back and carry forward our discussion Sulu parava sin subrahmo tsavam 
that we should take a break to ruminate over that question but the song was so beautiful that in between our thoughts it took us into it ni prema vaibhavam nayanotsavam right the glory of your love is a festival for the, the eyes. eyes beautiful the song was so beautiful and there is a lot of inspiration in the song and referring to god is you know uh, the one who bestows the beauty of love <laughs> prema amrita daini hmm yeah the nectar, the of, nectar love. of love premio asked a question as to if water runs dry from the tap which we <laughs> call swami's form should we leave the form and go on to some other tap which has water as i was thinking about this the thoughts that came to me were this you know for everything to start off there is something that is taken on faith right when it's geometry it's a corresponding angles axiom like that for everything you know there is something that is accepted on faith there's an axiom after which the entire superstructure is built so when it comes to matters of the heart and god let us accept the fact that whatever god does is good for us if we start from this for example why i'm saying this is because this is how my journey has been mm-hmm. 
in my heart i am convinced that swami is not doing anything wrong he is doing for my good now with that conviction when i see this when the tap called swami goes dry instead of me wanting to leave the tap it made me wonder it made me ponder on another deep question and i will ask that question from you now and the question is do i love swami or do i love what swami gives because when we say that the tap has run dry we mean that positive experiences from that person are not forthcoming that is if i am crying and the other person doesn't come and wipe out my tears according to what we are discussing the tap has run dry so i look out for somebody else who will wipe out my tears now when it comes to swami we have seen in many cases where swami has apparently not responded people have sought him for years and swami has not even looked at them so by our current definition of dryness the tap has gone fully dry there but there have been so many stories of people coming back and telling how in the past that apparent dry period was so vital for them that it taught them lessons when you ask this question it made me wonder do we seek swami or do we seek what he gives because if we seek what he gives then when he doesn't give we no longer seem to have love for swami we leave him if we seek swami then irrespective of what he gives whether it is joy or sorrow we love swami so it comes to the question do we love swami or do we love the things that swami gives us it again brings us back to the question we started with mm. you know we all feel that love and as i said it is somewhere buried in our attachment somewhere buried in our you know love which we have for the fellow being or for the person who is most dear in our life that universal love is there but you know it's packaged and so well concealed in attachment and attraction and afflictions that we are not able to see the pure love and i feel in our journey with swami swami mm. is giving us an opportunity to bang this packaged love on his pure love so that you know all that is not part of this love falls off hmm uh you know a simple analogy which i can think of is you know, we all studied chemistry both of us have studied chemistry a very common question which used to come up in organic chemistry you know they used to say product a reacts with product b and gives product c correct explain Hmm. you know they won't say product a plus product b what do you get product c hmm. because most often in organic chemistry you can never certainly say what i'm going to get as the predominant product correct okay. when product a and product b react hmm. there is usually going to be 100 products that are coming out yeah. but the predominant product is stated as the product right and most often we won't know what will be the predominant product we can give the list of products which can come correct but what is generally done in our exams is it is said that this is the predominant product can you explain Ah huh. so accordingly we can say what happens in the reaction correct and i feel that is the same thing with our relationship with swami like you know what has to be constant is swami loves me full stop hmm. right and we are trying to perfect our love for swami based on swami's reaction hmm. right in any situation if we see that you know swami is not talking to me but swami loves me then there's something wrong in the way i am looking at swami there's something wrong in the way i am looking at swami's love because if swami's love is not looking perfect to me it is not that swami's love is not perfect then there's some imperfection in my perception whether you are right or wrong prem what you say is really useful at a personal level right see recently one of my friends had visited prashant nilayam and his wife was coming to puttaparthi for the first time okay and she went to have darshan in kulvanth hall 
you know she did not know swami she came to know swami because of her husband you know who was my friend right and after that she has developed a kind of mad love for swami she cries many times saying that why did i come so late why i could not see him and you know she pines for him misses him craves for him and so it was with great longing that she wanted to go to the kulwant hall okay and when she went to the kulwant hall the security people there told her that um, you know she was wearing a sleeveless dress which is not appropriate for the kulwant hall mm-hmm. and so therefore she has to sit separately behind she cannot go till the mahasamadhi and she felt so disappointed because you know the thoughts that come at that time is in god's darbar all are equal your caste your creed your clothing nothing matters it's only the heart and i am having a heart filled with love how can you stop me and i did not know this why are you not loving me all these thoughts and that turned into anger turned into irritation few hot words exchanged the volunteer there was quite you know calm and saying no calm but firm right and she was turned back and i know this because i was with my friend mm-hmm. when she came returned to the room crying okay. and she said you know what is this i wanted to see swami never allows me to this and what is this then my friend told her you you know you just change your dress and go there and she said no i will not i am pained i am this i don't want and at that time you know the thing that he explained to her was so beautiful he said see Ever since I have told you about Swami, you say that you want Swami, right? He said yes. Swami is everything for you. You say, and you are ready to do anything for Swami. Mm-hmm. She said yes. Then he said, having said that, now see what Swami will be thinking. He will be thinking that I sent one lady to tell you that you are not allowed this way, and that's it. You have given up your desire to see me. <laughs> Suddenly her tears dried up. She said, Oh my God. He said yes. that is the thing it is if you are telling that swami i am ready to do anything for you and here swami says okay don't have to do anything just ensure that this one lady doesn't upset you and you come you're not able to do even that at that point this is exactly what i felt prem that whether what he is telling is true or not it definitely helps her to think that way right. it helps her to become more equanimous you see because when she gets upset that way who is getting upset kulwanthal doesn't suffer the volunteers there don't suffer nobody in the world suffers she's the only one suffering and it's a loss for her so thinking this way actually helps to minimize the pain and loss for herself it is like wearing a slippers when a area comes full of thorns the slippers won't hurt the thorn just like the thorn hurts you nothing is going to change it will just ensure that you don't get pricked so in that manner this kind of thinking that you know whatever swami is doing is right and therefore let me see what i can do is not only safe for us it's also beneficial for us right and the other way of looking at it is no as you said are we seeking swami or seeking what swami gives hmm. i mean if you uh, just plainly see why we have come to swami hmm. you know it is like because swami gives joy and removes pain correct right that is what you know invariably it boils down to yes the basic reason why the mass of people actually turn to god yeah that was the reason i also turned to him all of us i mean <laughs> let's be honest because swami gives joy and removes pain correct swami gives protection and removes insecurity hmm if we are really seeking swami and not what swami gives then are we ready to love swami the same way we love him if he is going to give pain and take away joy hmm and i think that is what is the question 
if each one of us are able to answer honestly we will know whether we love swami or not and i think each one of us gets a chance to answer this question directly through a practical examination right. with swami exactly and it's up to us to pass that examination <laughs> beautiful prem i'm just reminded of what uh, one of the devotees was narrating some time ago you know he came to swami in a pretty uh, self sufficient manner he was quite well off he was doing quite well in business mm-hmm. but at a point swami said you know that you will go through a period where you will lose most of your wealth but remember that i'm doing this for your good okay. and swami said are you ready to go through it will you hold on to me if i put you through that oh uh, this swami uh, physically or through physically okay. swami told him are you ready to go through that mm. so he said yes swami man i am ready to accept whatever you are giving me i have come to accept the joy you are giving me if you are telling that i am going to give you this pain i should be ready to accept it because here was swami saying that i am going to do this to you hmm. i am going to take away all your wealth will you hold on to me that is a period which each one of us will go through where you know what is most dear to us will be pulled away from us and are we ready to say swami i love you and i think that is the poem which swami wrote to his students oh you left the story there what happened to him i mean he yeah, lost yeah what happened he did lose all his wealth but he didn't lose swami <laughs> Hmm. He did hold on, and uh, it's a very long story. And maybe in some other satsang, we will bring in how it came. It did happen, you know. And in fact, uh, at one point, there were other devotees who came to Swami and said, "Swami, your devotee, he is suffering like this." And Swami said, "He is not suffering. Hmm. He knows it is out of my love." One thought that comes to me now is Prem, irrespective of whether Swami physically tells us that now I am going to put you through this. Are you ready to hold on to me? when we have accepted swami as the most loving and the most powerful isn't it logical to think that whatever is happening to us that swami has planned it that way absolutely so irrespective of whether swami physically asks us can we promise to him telling that swami whatever may happen yes i will hold on to you because the best way to get out of the false love the attachments as i learned from that experience as we stated before is to get a stronger attachment towards swami if your attachment to god attachment to pure love attachment to swami is stronger than attachment to the world the other things automatically drop off detachment becomes so easy exactly that's what swami says the only attachment which can remove all other attachments is the attachment to god hmm and i think it happens to most of us you know when we have given up something which is most dear to us so spontaneously and readily that it even surprises us because we love swami correct you know how many people we've heard of they come as non vegetarians and it doesn't take them any effort to give it up the hmm. moment they feel that you know swami doesn't like it what makes them give it up because they're so attached to swami right and that other attachment just falls off without any effort and i feel that is what we should seek because swami says seek that seeking which you will never have to seek again right get attached to that getting attached to which you will never have to get attached again to anything else know that knowing which you will never have to know anything else again and that that wholesomeness that completeness is god pure love swami and i feel that is why we should do that yes you know uh, just as we are talking this one of my classmates narrated this very powerful thing about his father in fact he even narrated it in front of swami hmm. during our gratitude program gratitude program you know It seems his father was a, a chain smoker mm. before he came to Swami, and he and a friend of his 
first came to Swami for the first time. You know, they just landed up in Puttaparthi. They didn't know anything about uh, Swami's program or about what happens in Puttaparthi. They just landed up here and they realized that Swami was not in Puttaparthi. Swami was in Brindavan. Okay, mm. and they were a little disappointed. So they went out and there was a small shop outside the ashram. And there, this father of my friend, he picked up a cigarette. And the other person had the habit of eating paan. Okay. So he picked up paan. So they were eating uh, and you know, the friend of this, you know, uh, my friend's father, he said, Sir, you keep smoking and I'll keep eating paan till Swami comes. Hmm. Okay, and so this person, you know, he just told in that, you know, a moment of frustration or whatever, he said, what are you talking about smoking? If Swami comes now, I will give up smoking right now. Hmm. Okay. And he hardly finished that statement. He heard some honking sound and they turned back and Swami was driving in. Wow. All of a sudden, nobody hmm. in Puttaparthi even expected it. Swami just drove into Puttaparthi hmm. for a day and Swami went back later and he just saw Swami and that was the last cigarette he smoked. Wow. And we all know how difficult it is to kick in a habit like you know, smoking. smoking. So it's just that at that moment, Swami attracted him so much, attracted him so strongly that it was with no effort, he just gave up the other attachments. I feel if we pine that way, that attraction, you know, towards God is also God's gift. Exactly. See, for example, if you take the life of Saint Annamaya, mm-hmm. Annamaya is a great saint whose songs are being sung even today. They enthrall devotees even today. Imagine a person who knows nothing, just hearing the words of his songs and the tune of his songs gets love for God in his heart. That is the magic of Annamaya's songs. But if you look at Annamaya's life story, he was nothing special. In fact, he was a handsome youth. In his youthful exuberance, he was in love, not with romantic love, not with one, but with two girls. <laughs> okay. And he felt that what else was needed in life, but call it his good karmas or good actions or his aptitude or whatever, God decided that the time had come for him. And so Vishnu comes down in the form of a Brahmin. That is what it is said. Actually what happened was a Brahmin. He happened to accost a Brahmin on his way. But story and legend says that it was Lord Vishnu himself. This Brahmin says that, why are you hankering after those two girls so much? And Annamaya says, because I am going to marry them. And and that's it. Life will be just one joy after another. He says, how can you say so? He says, have you seen them? What ravishing, beautiful girls they are. Such beauties are, you know, think of beauty as a joy forever. <laughs> they, they are going to be, and that's all I need. And then this Brahmin says, I will show you something that is far more beautiful than them. He says, is that so? If you show that, then I will chase that thing. And then the Brahmin takes him to the shrine and shows him the statue, the idol of Lord Vishnu. Mm-hmm. And and that is God's grace, Prem. At that point in time, that attraction that comes in, it maddens Annamaya. And in an instant, he gives up his desires for everything. The two girls whom he felt would be his life. Actually, that doesn't change destiny. If you see, after a few years, after a few months, in fact, okay. Annamaya is married off to both these same two girls. Okay. But now, even those two girls now become mad in their love for God. Annamaya becomes so crazed in his love for God that his parents feel that the only way to bring him back to sanity is to get him married. <laughs> and these two were, you know, his previous objects of desire. They have such a 
irresistible pull on him and that is why they get him married to them but the pull of the lord's love is so much so intense that instead of him getting pulled by these two he pulls these two onto the <laughs> path of god devotion. path of devotion to god and in fact both of his wives you know had the great fortune of dying as sumangalis uh, dying as sumangali means dying when your husband is still alive, still alive. in india it is considered a great honor that the wife is able to leave before the husband and both of them die at the same moment singing the glory of the lord and lying on annamaya's lap and the best thing is at that moment annamaya is not perturbed at all he says lord you are cutting away my bondages one after another so that i can focus entirely on you and that kind of equanimity just imagine a person is not able to spend 3 days if the object of his love is not in touch with him or her but annamaya both of them die at the same moment and yet he is unperturbed that is the kind of equanimity the composure the you know the kind of true joy that one finds within when one finds true love and swami says that true love comes only from god because he says happiness is union with god and that ability of love to sublimate everything else you know that is the beauty because once you know somebody was telling that every emotion that a human being undergoes it need not be removed uh, completely it needs to be sublimated and transformed think, transformed that is what has happened to each of our emotions you know hmm. when swami says fear make it fear of losing god's love it becomes a noble thing it then it becomes a noble thing and you say attachment to be attached to god it becomes a noble thing it becomes noble so oh. all our flaws which are already there they're not being removed but they're just being replaced with with something which is similar but which is something so much more divine and that that is the magic that swami's love does prem i remember a story mm-hmm. of a teacher of martial arts okay. a student comes to him the student doesn't have a left hand and he says that you know master i want to learn martial arts but i am useless the master says don't worry i will make you the champion of the of the kingdom and he wonders how it's going to happen so his master teaches him he sincerely learns but any time he has a confrontation with anybody when he spars with anybody he loses always he is getting disappointed but his master tells do you have faith in me or not mm-hmm. yes master i have if you have faith then just do what i say but master all the last 15 matches i have lost you just do the, as i say and finally the master goes and challenges the champion of the kingdom okay and his disciple says master are you mad what are you doing i'm not having one limb master says continue to have your faith in me and when he continues the master tells i'll teach you one move he teaches him one move and he says you do this move on that person so he says okay and the master says all the training that you received till now was so that you learn this move all that was required for this and that's why it took time the student still doesn't understand but he decides to follow his master he goes and does that move and the champion is defeated and everybody is shocked the disciple himself because he says master i never knew what i'm capable of how did this happen is it such a move that nobody can beat he says no it's a very simple move anybody can beat then he says then why why didn't the champ not defeat me he says the counter for this move involves gripping the left hand <laughs> and here you know you don't have, a left, have a left hand and that's it that's why nothing could be done and you won it and that is what swami does to each one of us once we in all our faith and all our love 
offer ourselves to him he transforms each of our weaknesses into such strengths that we will look back and tell swami i never thought i could do this swami says yes just have faith and everything will be done exactly i mean especially this emotion of fear whenever i look at it no how much swami is used this emotion to bind us closer to him you know there is this term which in indian languages which use it says bhaya bhakti hmm. it says devotion with fear hmm like you know when swami sometimes gives us a command not always we follow it out of love but most often we follow it with you know out of fear <laughs> because we all know what are the repercussions if we don't follow our swami but even that is used as a means of bringing us closer to god you know and uh, coming back to this thing of when you have attachment to god all the other pains fall off and all the other what you hold dear to yourself fall off you know i'm just reminded of a a very po- a powerful incident which happened uh there were this this devotee whose sons were studying in swami's college you know two of his sons were studying in swami's college mm-hmm. and swami was performing the wedding of one of his sons oh, okay. okay and the other son was abroad so he was supposed to come for the wedding so swami fixed the date and you said he wasn't oh that passed out of swami's yeah, college yeah they passed out of swami's college okay so swami is performing the wedding of one of the sons the elder son and uh, you know swami is drawing the plans swami is telling them what to do swami had apparently chosen the girl for the boy and all that we know what details swami gets right. into and this was one of those fortunate fam- families so swami called them inside and the day when swami was uh, you know fixing the format for the invitation the marriage invite which would go out mm-hmm. swami said put your other son's name also who the one in america uh, was it yeah, america i don't know which country somewhere abroad swami said put his name also and this is the girl i'll tell that family and then and there swami was fixing the marriage of this boy younger was, boy yeah who is not even present there and immediately the father said no swami i don't think he wants to get married because every time i raise this topic he doesn't seem to be too pleased so i don't think he wants to get married i think i should have a word with him swami said no you don't have to just put his name i will tell him okay so imagine on the spot this boy's marriage is fixed even without his knowledge mm-hmm. of course the other party without was, his knowledge without his consent without his consent and the invitation is you know printed the next day is the marriage and the boy lands so we calls the did the father tell the boy that no no one has told the boy <laughs> oh okay okay so he's so kind the, of the he's going to be bride knows and right. the parents of both side know but the boy doesn't know except this boy okay and he is the one who doesn't want to get married ha uh-huh. okay so the day before the wedding swami calls all the families for an interview and this boy also comes imagine the next day is the wedding swami says give me the invitation okay swami takes the invitation and swami gives it to the boy the brother who has just come who doesn't know that he's getting married Okay and Swami is giving the invitation to him and Swami is keenly watching his expression Swami wants to see what his expression is mm. is he going to revolt <laughs> is he going to get shocked my god you know? <laughs> what uh, if we can call divine pranks or <laughs> yeah of course you know Swami would have been aware of what was going to come but you can imagine the emotions of all the others correct in the interview room mm. you know what would this boy is and that too is strongly against marrying yeah and so this boy calmly reads the whole invitation and there is not even a twitch on his face there is no expression on his face hmm. he just reads the whole thing closes the invitation and gives it back to swami hmm. and swami is saying what <laughs> so it was like i expected some reaction some shock okay something some revolt some you know mm-hmm. uh, at least happiness <laughs> okay there was no reaction at all he said yes swami what is it swami said you are getting married tomorrow he said okay swami hmm. is it okay with you yes swami okay You said you don't want to get married. I said it's fine, Swami. 
whatever Swami does is for me good. I don't have to think about it. If Swami has decided, then it's fine with me. Hmm. And it seems Swami was so happy with that. So happy with that boy's reaction. Swami was the first person to burst out of the interview room and tell everybody else sitting there. Hmm. So this boy reacted like this. So, you know, it's a perfect example of some decision which that boy had made. Or, you know, may not, maybe that he didn't want to marry or maybe he didn't want to marry immediately. But he was so ready to give it up. It is so difficult for us to give up something which we have decided, which something which we have chosen hmm. for somebody else. You know, when your relation with Swami is so strong and it's so binding and so pure that these decisions just fall off. And these attachments just fall off. They don't bind you at all. I think the challenge today would be, uh, not today, even before, that there are a few examples like this for us to look up to. You know, where it is shown that right. so how this boy... Swami is physically involved. Huh, Swami is physically involved. Even when Swami was physically present amidst us not everyone had this chance of such interaction right. but I feel you know when the mouth is fed the whole body is nourished in the same way we should learn from these experiences can we also you know irrespective of what happens to us in life accept it as God's will and be happy and move on without cribbing crying and complaining to everybody it often happens you know we go around to the world crying out and cribbing as if we are the ones having the most problems in the world <laughs> And never for a minute we think of the problems that others might be having. You know, everybody has problems. But this kind of attitude, this is a wonderful solution. If we truly love Swami, we should be able to accept anything that happens to us as good for us. And you know, something which somebody told me before I got a job, you know, a very powerful statement, and I feel there's so much of wisdom in it, and love to share it at this point. You know, he said, whenever you make a prayer to God, you always remember every prayer is a commitment. Hmm. And it's a very profound thing because, you know, always we see prayer as something asking from God. Hmm. You know, something where you've made a petition and you're waiting for it to come. Hmm. But here was this person saying, every prayer that you make is a commitment. Your promise you're making to God. How is that so? Let us say that you go to Swami and say, Swami, take care of my life. May you be the one who, who kind of, what do I say, monitors every action of my life. If you make that prayer, which means you are making a promise that whatever happens to my life, I will take it as you are doing. Hmm. If you go to Swami and say, Swami, I want to do whatever you tell me to do, which means you are making a promise to Swami that I will do what you tell me. Hmm. It is like you are making a promise and you cannot go back on it. So I think all of us as devotees made this prayer to Swami. That Swami, take control of my life. Which no, means I, I will not cry if you are going to take control of my life. You know, even boiling it down to simpler things. If I say, Swami, today I want to get the top rank in the university. The problem is we never know what are the repercussions going to be. In science, it's called the chaos theory, which says that a flap of a butterfly's wing can cause enough disturbance to create a tornado in Mexico. You know, that's how interconnected the whole universe is and that's how things pan out in the future. Now, that is something we are not aware of. We pray for something how many times it has happened, Prem, that we pray for something and it happens, but happens in a manner that we didn't expect <laughs> and we repent having prayed for it. It may be anything, whether it's financial matters, it's a position, you seek a job, you want this. In my own experience, I've come across people who have sought a job. They desperately want it because they feel it perfectly fits their profile. But once they get the job, the office environment is so bad that they repent having sought it. In that way also, every prayer is a commitment. If you pray, are you committed that 
you give me this job and whatever the job brings along with it i'm ready to face it we are not and that's why i feel let us not pray for anything such at all and you know it goes back to that uh, small interaction which happened in trai as students we all have heard this mm. uh, narrated to us when a boy got up and swami asked him hey boy what will you do for me mm. he said you know out of his immense love he said swami i'm ready to die for you because that is what we think is the greatest uh, thing we can do for somebody whom we love when mm. you say that i'm ready to die for you and swami said i don't want you to die for me i want you to live for me mm. one thing is to live a life of commitment the other thing is it is very easy to give one moment to god death is one moment right but it is much much more difficult to live every moment for god mm. and when we say that prayer is a commitment it's a commitment for life when you say swami whatever you do i will take it as good for me it is like every moment <laughs> it is so much more difficult and i think that is where that true love comes when your love is so strong and as we said you know when you look at god and you love god and not what god gives that is where every moment gets transformed into that state of pure love and uh, though we are discussing like this it is not as if it's a very tough path prem because the rewards are tremendous it's just little paradoxical if i can say so that if you enter the path thinking that the rewards are wonderful <laughs> it doesn't seem to work out but really accepting everything as lord's will brings such bounties wonders magic and miracles in one's life i can proclaim it from the hilltops if necessary because i have seen that happening some amazingly difficult impossible situations from which not only me different people have been extracted out simply because they were not ready to let go of swami because even if we think logically when we stop reasoning and planning out our lives and allow the planning to god god who knows the past present and future and has control over everything will obviously come up with a plan that is the best so though it apparently seems to be going through a low ultimately it will be definitely much better than what we are thinking or we are wanting to do and actually this is where no it brings that point of the definition which swami gives for love hmm. i don't know if you're aware of that one swami went up to dr gokak hmm. the first vice chancellor of our university, university huh and swami asked him a very simple question swami said gokak what is love that's not a simple question <laughs> <laughs> the same question we started with hmm. you know i said it's a simple question because knowing what dr gokak is he was a gold medalist in english literature from oxford doctorate doctorate and he was one of the first to come first in oxford university a non englishman to rank first in oxford university oh he ranked first in oxford right. hmm. okay he was a gold medalist so imagine and swami is coming and asking him a simple english word swami asks him what is love and he says he just blanked out because hmm. he felt with all his knowledge of this english language he couldn't define that word hmm. and he just stood there blank you know maybe like a kindergarten kid which was asked a question which was too much for you to answer and he was just blank there and swami gave him a very sweet smile you know patted him and said gokak love is selflessness self is lovelessness and walked away hmm. and later gokak said i i just cannot think of a better definition for the word love than that prem i think our listeners are going to jump at your neck you know we have made them listen to more than an hour of uh, our uh, talking on love 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 and here is swami's definition which completes and gives us such a complete answer to what love is 
love is selflessness and self is lovelessness and i think you know in a way we are all we the discussion has led to this hmm. that in any situation you put aside what is dear to you what you like what you have chosen for what god has chosen for you or what god gives you in it's a path of selflessness in its in its own nice point to arrive at and nice time to take another little break before Definitely. we come to the concluding segment of this satsang maybe this is a point we play that beautiful song from a convocation drama which says that all of us are nothing but sparks of god's love we are your love swami a beautiful song very very melodious song which is i think uh, one of the recent convocation dramas i guess 2008 right so we will continue our discussion on the other side of the song pyar hu main tera pyar hu main teri jyoti ka vistar hu main pyar hu तेरा प्यार हूँ मैं तेरे श्रोत का ही प्रकार हूँ मैं प्यार हूँ मैं तेरा प्यार हूँ मैं अधिक शुद्र हूँ मैं विशाल हूँ कोई भाव मैं ज्ञान गुरु के 
निरोग मैं आलोक मैं ही सत्य हूँ मैं ही धर्म हूँ मैं ही शांति प्रेम आधार तेरा प्यार हूँ मैं प्यार Welcome back, dear listeners. We are in the final segment of our afternoon satsang, and the satsang has been on love, the misunderstanding of love, the different aspects of love, and we reached a conclusion, a beautiful definition of love that Swami had given, which was, "Love is selflessness, and self is lovelessness." Before that, uh, Prem, as we discussed. do we love swami or do we love what swami gives us hearing this song my memory got triggered about one incident that happened i think it was 1994 or 1995 mm-hmm. swami had called all the students in for a purnachandra session a pc session as it used to be known as it is known where he would interact only with the students and it used to be interesting and nice and different things would happen there it was almost like an equivalent of the trai session in vrindavan a pc session in puttaparthi that session when they entered they saw heaps of toiletries you know shaving brushes shaving foams then blades and soaps and toothbrushes toothpaste all of them in one in heaps okay and when swami came they were all excited they said you know they knew that there was going to be a distribution then and swami picked up one threw it to somebody picked up another threw it to somebody else and then you know generally instructed the students that you know distribute this give one each to everybody and as the distribution went on somehow it happened that you know some people got toothbrushes somebody got toothpastes some people got perfumes some people got electric razors and naturally you know kind of comparison began Uh, the person who had a toothbrush wished that he would have got something grander to cherish from Swami, and then there was a person who had got the electric uh, shaver, and he was wishing that it would be nice if he had got a perfume. It was not as if that the person who got the perfume was happy; he was feeling that it's only hundred ml and it'll get used soon. So throughout the life, there's no using this. I just have to store it because Swami has given it. So everybody was happy in a way. Everybody was sad in a way. Everybody lost in comparing. suddenly somebody snapped his finger you know and if you remember that used to be the way signal of signal for everyone to pay attention and everybody looked up and they saw that swami in the meanwhile had slowly walked and climbed the stage and he was almost at the exit so lost was everyone in comparing and looking and you know seeing what they had got that they forgot that you know god had almost walked out and then swami turned he said boys everybody got Yes, everybody had got something or the other. They all nodded. Swami said, "Okay, now tell me, which of you wants Swami?" And he turned and walked in. 
you know that brings us back to that same point do we love swami or love what swami gives very often we are so lost in comparing and contrasting what swami has given different it is not that he loves the person more and he gives a perfume bottle and loves the person less and gives a toothbrush for swami it's just a heap of toiletries that's all <laughs> and he just distributes it off random everybody get whatever and we are so lost comparing these toiletries that we miss out the lord's love so the focus better always be on swami because as swami said when you have the creator the creation is automatically by your side and i think you know as i said uh, if we can perfect this love for god if we can perfect this relationship with god and if we can honestly answer this question where we say that are we seeking what swami gives or are we seeking swami and if we can tell for certainty no i love swami no i want swami and not what swami gives and if we can stick to this i was just thinking if we can uh, apply this practically in our life let us say that i do my work today and i say swami i'm doing this work for you that is how swami always says swami hmm. says offer whatever you do for me hmm. and if i do any work let us say a professional work if i'm going to say that swami i'm doing this work for you the moment i say swami this is for you which means this is not for what you give me right so automatically you will stop expecting anything in return for this work irrespective of the criticism right. or the praise and you won't even expect love or grace from swami in return because you're doing it for swami not what swami is going to give you hmm. and in that way whatever swami gives in the form of grace also is what swami gives it's not what swami is correct so automatically the concept of karma yoga becomes so spontaneous you will do work only for the sake of doing it and there will be no expectation whatsoever wow so in this emotion of love itself is inbuilt karma yoga hmm and if we can all understand this or even if we don't understand it if we can just practice it i feel the rewards the dividends will automatically come we don't have to worry about it at all that's the thing that's what i said is that paradox that we should not enter the path thinking that if we enter we'll get it and therefore we are entering we enter it because we want to enter it and everything else gets taken care of if we can make god our valentine because i feel god is the only being capable of being a valentine because he, only he is capable of giving true love and eliciting true love from us and that is why you know i feel swami used to always say see god in all because if we are able to love swami like this imagine if we make efforts to see swami in everyone then we can love everyone in the same way and become the embodiment of love that we are we can remove out the impurities and become pure love ourselves that is what the song we just now heard also said pyar hu main tera pyar hu which says swami i am your love i am your love anand hu main i am your bliss i am your peace can we become the lord's love the lord's bliss the lord's peace we can and the way forward is to start by loving god with a capital l <laughs> and ask ourselves are we truly loving god and as you said you know one way is to look at see god in everybody and the other way is to go on perfecting this love which we have for god hmm and the constant in that is god always loves me and we are always trying to perfect this love i think it will automatically reflect in us seeing god in everybody like you know a lot of our teachers used to take care of us so well because not because they loved us not really because we meant 
they were so affectionate towards not towards because us. they were attached to us right because they loved swami so much and there they saw swami loving all his students they felt that their love for swami will not be complete if they do not love us correct i think that's what would happen to each one of us when we love so swami so purely and so perfectly anything that is dear to him right we will love all his creation because our, his creation is dear to right, him right our love for swami will not be complete if it does not flow the same way towards the entire creation oh that's a lot of points to ponder prem and i'm sure that we too can spend many more afternoons and many more nights thinking about all these things feeling it but most importantly practicing it and experiencing it ourselves for that is where we find completion that is the difference with spirituality and other things you know in spirituality you are supposed to taste it and learn because there is no other way to explain how much ever it explained it's not learned so praying to swami with all love humility and gratitude in the heart that we are able to practice and experience the beauty that divine love brings every moment of our lives we offer this satsang to with gratitude at his lotus feet and brother prem and myself arvind from team radio sai we sign off and we shall meet you again next week at the same time but before we leave we will play a melodious song a lovely song because this is the song which refers to god as the ocean of love and it was a beautiful song which uh, was the final song during the prema praham program too if you during swami's 85th birthday let me just add this much that this song tu pyar ka sagar hai is a famous one and it has been a part of life in prashantinilayam and life with swami it has been sung so many times but the version that we are playing now is a very very special version where the wordings and the text of the song were suitably modified and they match so beautifully one can't help but think of swami when the song is being played yes dear listeners we're going to leave you with this beautiful song happy listening सागर है तू प्यार का सागर है तेरी एक बूंद के प्यासे हम तेरी एक बूंद के प्यासे हम तू प्यार का सागर है तू प्यार का सागर है तेरी एक प्यासे हम एक बूंद के प्यासे हम तू प्यार सागर
धन्य है धरती जिस पर तुमने साई जन्म लिया तुमने जन्म लिया दिन दुखी को गले लगाया युग उपकार किया युग उपकार किया चांद और सितारे थी चांद और सितारे थी तेरी जयकार करेंगे सदा तेरी जयकार करेंगे सदा तू प्यार का सागर है तुम ही प्राण सखा तुम ही प्राण सखा सब है पराए तुम ही तो अपने तुमने प्यार दिया तुमने प्यार दिया कहते रहेंगे सदा कहते रहेंगे सदा कि तुमसे हो न कभी भी जुदा कि तुमसे हो न कभी भी जुदा तू प्यार का सागर है तू प्यार का सागर है एक बूंद के प्यासे हम एक बूंद के प्यासे हम तू प्यार का सागर है तू प्यार का सागर You just heard an episode of our radio series Afternoon Satsang. This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on February 14th, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener@radiosai.org. Sai Ram.